Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. It's the podcast that's all about the cuisine that is said to have founded modern cooking. French ingredients and dishes have been the starting block for many of the world's best chefs and cooks. On Fabulously Delicious, you'll learn all about those dishes and ingredients, as well as get to know more about fabulous French chefs and cooks. Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast explores all there is to know about French food. I'm your host of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast, Andrew Pryor. Enchanté. Enchanté. As an Australian living in rural France, my life is all about cooking, eating and living life the French way. Meeting wonderful food producers, chefs, home cooks, drinking amazing wines, eating some of the over 1,500 French cheeses, and sharing these fabulous experiences with you, my fabulously delicious audience. Today on Fabulously Delicious, we are continuing the A to Z of French herbs. Basil isn't always thought of as a French herb, but it certainly has its place in French cuisine, especially the cuisine of the Mediterranean Provence area. So, sit back, turn the volume up. If you're not driving, pour yourself a glass of wine, break a baguette, add a bit of saucisson, maybe some delicious cheese, and enjoy today's episode of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast, the A to Z of French herbs, basil. Basil in French is pronounced basilic and spelled B A S. I-L-I-C. One variety of basil sold in France is actually called French basil, but it is known to many people around the world as Thai basil or sweet basil. French basil belongs to the Lamassé family of or mint family of herbs, and it is known to many as St. Joseph's wort, but it's also known to chefs in France as the king of herbs or Herbs Royale, the Royal Herb. The Herb Royale name is probably one of the most popular names for basil in France. The name basil, though, comes from the Greek basilikos, meaning royal. It's said that the princess of Byzantium gave it its name for its beauty and its fragrance. The name's origin is thought to come from many different traditions but one thought is that it relates to the Greek word basileus, which means lord or leader of the people. Another is from the mythical basilisk, which is a serpent that can kill with a glance or by breathing on you. Definitely not getting one of those as a pet, which is probably isn't really a problem because, well, it's supposed to be mythical. Hmm. Depending on the species of basil, the leaves have an anise-like aroma. Some say it smells like cloves, and others think that it has a pungent scent that is mostly sweet-smelling. Of course, basil is known to many when they think of Italian cuisine, but it is also used throughout many Southeast Asian cuisines like Indonesian, Malaysian, Thai, and Vietnamese food. In Portugal, basil plants are given to a lover or a loved one with a poem during some religious holidays. So, how did basil become part of French cuisine? Well, many believe that this is because of Catherine de Medici. 
When she married the French Prince Henry, who later became King Henry II, her royal entourage brought with them to France fruits, vegetables, new grapevine varieties, and of course recipes, many of which used basil and other herbs. From this time, basil became part of French cuisine. The 14th day of the month of the Thermidor calendar, which is the French Republican Revolutionary calendar, is referred to actually as Basil Day. Usually, this falls on the 1st of August in the Gregorian calendar. Basil originated in India, and a version of it had come to France in Roman times, obviously before Catherine's time. Sweet basil played an important part of the cuisine of the Roman Empire, and Julius Caesar made France part of the Roman Empire back in 52 BCE, but it wasn't really embraced in French cuisine until the time of the Medicis. Basil is harvested seasonally from June to July, sometimes August, depending on where it's grown, when it's at its best. Basil grows freely in the wild, but is obviously very commercially grown and can be found in supermarkets and markets all year round nowadays. Usually, it is grown in hothouses in winter. It's considered a companion plant, actually, to tomatoes. Basil comes in many varieties. The most popular is sweet basil, but there's also purple basil, which chefs use because it is slightly sweeter and the aroma has a slightly spicier flavour to it. Basil is recommended in homeopathic medicine as an antioxidant, and it's the source of phosphorus, which is said to aid for indigestion. In India, where the herb originated, it's rarely used as a culinary herb, though. Instead, it has a strong religious symbolism, as it is said to be sacred to Vishnu. It's planted inside of Shiva temples and many Hindus have basil plants at the entry of their homes because of the plant's connection to Lakshmi, the goddess of riches and good luck. Used for medicinal purposes in ancient times, basil was used to cure snake bites, but also apparently it worked well to ward off dragons. Lucky for us though, dragons aren't a problem these days. But one use for basil is to propel mosquitoes, which is a bit more handier. Plant some basil in pots on your kitchen window still, and then that should do the trick. Mosquitoes should stay away. Oh, and you'll also have a fresh supply for cooking as well. Basil is often on provincial menus under its Occitan name, Fabrigo. Occitan is the language that lost out in the competition for a single language that would unite France. Occitan is used alongside modern French by many French citizens, though, still today. Possibly the most famous dish in French cuisine that has basil as its ingredient is pistou, which is the French version of the Italian pesto. Spelled P-I-S-T-O-U and pronounced pistou, this is a similar sauce in ingredients and the way it's made, but there are two main differences. The first is that there's no pine nuts in pistou, and the other is that sometimes they use Gruyere cheese instead of Parmesan cheese. Pesto and pistou, the names, come from the Latin word pestere, which means to crush. Pistou is mainly found in the southern region of France, 
it's considered by locals to be a provincial or Niçoise creation. This makes a lot of sense, as Nice, for hundreds of years, was an Italian city. Nice only became part of France around 150 years ago. Traditionally, a mortar and pestle is used to make pisto, but these days, modern cooks have taken to using a food processor. But famous American cook and journalist and francophile Patricia Wells is noted as saying that only by using the traditional method of the mortar and pestle will you be able to retain the bright green colour. And from my experience, I tend to agree with Patricia. My recipe for pisto is as follows. The ingredients you'll need are four cups of fresh basil, finely shredded or cut with scissors, half a cup of chopped parsley, half a teaspoon of coarse sea salt, three garlic cloves peeled and crushed, half a cup of freshly grated gruyere or parmesan cheese, three quarters of a cup of olive oil and freshly ground black pepper to taste. Place half of the ingredients except the cheese in a mortar and pestle and crush until combined and smooth like a puree. Then pour this into a bowl. Then, in the mortar and pestle, repeat the process with the other half of the ingredients. Stir in the cheese and then use immediately or refrigerate for up to two days. If you want to keep the sauce longer than two days in the refrigerator, cover it with some olive oil. Pistu soup is a vegetable and noodle soup from the Provence region and the Côte d'Azur, of course. It's made with noodles, vermicelli or angel hair pasta, green beans, onions, potatoes, tomatoes and sometimes smoked ham. This soup at the table is usually served alongside of some pistu to place in yourselves. So now that you have the pistu recipe, you need to make some pistu soup. The ingredients you'll need are one pound of green beans, three to four small potatoes, two tomatoes, four ounces of angel hair pasta or vermicelli noodles, four to six tablespoons of the pisto recipe, gruyere cheese grated, water, and optionally also vegetable broth. Pour eight cups of water into a large soup pot. You can also use four cups of water and four cups of vegetable broth. Finally cut the green beans and place in the pot. Peel the potatoes and dice them and add them to the pot. Cut the tomatoes in half and remove the seeds. Dice the tomatoes and, and add them to the pot. Turn the heat to medium low and cook for about an hour. About 15 minutes before serving, break the pasta into one inch pieces and add to the soup and cook until the pasta is done. To serve, place a tablespoon of the pistu in each of your soup bowls. Add some grated gruyere to the bottom of each bowl on top of the pistu and then ladle in the soup over the top and stir.
That's it for another episode of Season 3 of Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. If you like this episode of Fabulously Delicious, please share it around with your friends and family. Give me a rating if you're listening via Apple and leave a review. A good one would be fab. Subscribe wherever you're listening if you haven't already. Through Fabulously Delicious, you can manger, which is uh, French for eating, (laughs) your way through fabulous French food and learn all about it. But you can also experience the best of French cuisine and culture by checking out my Instagram at Andrew Pryor Fabulously or YouTube for cooking and travel tips at youtube.com forward slash Andrew Pryor. And of course, subscribe to Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Andrew Pryor. Thank you for listening to Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. And remember, as I always say, my motto is, whatever you do, do it fabulously. Merci beaucoup and bon app. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.